Peace and blessings, good people. Welcome to Fathership, a podcast on fatherhood and 20 today. I am your host, Fleming. And I'm Ms. Vaughn. And today we have a special guest, um, Dr. Savage. We always have special guests. I know, but this one, you know, I, know. I always feel I some type of way when we have like doctors, like for real doctors, like not just saying you're a doctor, not but... Just. Like, you went to school for that. Like, you know how much schooling you had to go? Like, yeah. I mean, I know they know, but mm-hmm. anyway, we have Dr. Savage on today. So, Dr. Savage, welcome to Father Share Podcast. Thank Yay. you. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> so, Dr. Savage, go ahead and tell us about yourself, and then we will get into why you came and graced us with your presence. Okay. Um. So, about me. Um. I am born and raised from Baltimore. I currently live here in Baltimore. Um, I'm an educator, so my doctorate is in education. Um, I've been in the field of education for about 22 years. Um, I'm a mom and I'm a self-published author. So I just released um, my debut novel. It's called Spoken Words Unspoken. And I released it back in November. And this is my first book. It's a memoir. It includes my poetry along with narration. And it tells the story of my life, like from when I was a child up until now. So, yeah. Okay. Well, first off, congratulations Thank on the you. book. Thank you. Indeed. 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 I mean, self-publishing, that's, you know, to write, to sit down, to write it, and then to self-publish it. That's... um kudos sis like i wanted all of them yeah i wanted this new all of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you say i'm not giving nothing no, out <laughs> no. <laughs> what inspired you to write the book well because uh my friends tell me that i'm a good storyteller and okay. you got that right <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, please go ahead. <laughs> when we would get together, I would tell like stories of things that, that have happened in my life, and they will all just kind of look at me like, for real? Like, huh, baby. A book. <laughs> Chapter two, I was like, ain't no way in hell. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I'm like, well, let me go ahead and do that. So, I already had my poetry, right? Because I write poetry regardless. But then, when people kept saying, like, you should write a book, I said, well, you know what? I organized the poetry. Then I went back and add narration, you know, to add context mm-hmm. to the situations. And it just came together. Okay. Came together. So, now, because it is it is the process one of where, like, did you start off from, like, chapter one or did you, like, I know you said you organized the poetry. So did was that, like, organized from what would then become chapter one, two, three, so forth and so on? Or was there one in particular chapter that, like, was the first, the first, like, I got to go ahead and finish this out? Oh, yes. <laughs> Okay. Like okay. Chapter nine was like, you know, realistically, chapter nine was 2022. So like, wow. like last year. <laughs> yes. Okay. 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 Like, okay. like August. Okay. Wow. Of 2022. 
Okay. So I finished that chapter in August and then, yeah, finished it out. Okay. So the beginning of that chapter was already kind of like in the works, but like if if you Mm -hmm. read that chapter, you'll know what I mean. There's like a break, then it's like, and then. So Uh I was able to add the ending part of what happened with that situation on there. But yeah, that that chapter was the motivation for the whole book. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, you done been through okay. some stuff, sis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sis. Like, okay. I was like, damn, okay. this baby only sixteen years old. What else yeah. she got to go through? This is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, now, when we spoke, when we spoke, you mentioned your father. So I said that, like, while this book is about like my lessons in love, my father and my mother were the ones that taught me through my observation what relationships look like, what love looked like. So like I learned or I built my perception based off of what I experienced. Mm-hmm. And so, like I say in the book, like I love my dad. My dad treated me, you know, I was his, his little darling is what he used to call me. But okay. on the flip side, mom was always crying. Dad was always gone. I had to try to make sense of that. You know, but dad was there for events. Dad came home at night. He didn't cuss at mom. He didn't hit her, you know, so Mm. he was loving dad. But like, what was love really? Did you guys ever talk about it? As a child? No. But, you know, we often think because, you know, the children are young that they don't really know what's going on. But we know. Oh, baby, we know. We know better than the parents do. Like, let's be honest. You know, I'm like, that's my brother. Oh, you know, oh, and now mm. I got a new sister. You know, you, you, you were still married. You never like y'all didn't break up, you know, so. So in giving um, the relationship that you saw from your parents and how different it was with the relationship you had with your dad, how did that affect you? Well, I distinguished the two. Right. So it was maybe this is how men should treat their daughters as far as, you know, making them feel special. But when it came to an actual relationship and love and marriage, that this is what that looked like. And so I looked at them at two different things. I loved him. Like, I don't think I was ever upset with him, you know, for what he was doing because my mom forgave him, you know, like, why should I hold a grudge? She didn't leave him, you know, so it didn't make me feel like, I should feel a way about it. And I think the thing, too, was because they weren't married the entire time um, after they got married after I was born is what I mean. And in my mind, it felt like so a guy can be with you. He can cheat on you and he will still end up getting himself together, maybe and marrying you. And he might make some mistakes, but he's still your husband and y'all still going to be together because like. Today, my mom and dad are still married, and that's not really normal. I don't think. True, I. You know, it's interesting that. And I, first off, I I love that how you preference that because when you get married, no one thinks about what your for worse is. Although we say it, you make that statement for better or for worse, which means that whatever the worst situation could possibly be, my expectation in that moment, if this is our worst, this is where it is that we really supposed to be able to come together and work shit out and Mm. make it, you know? Um, But 
everybody's for worse is different, you know, and I don't think people necessarily have that conversation beforehand. It's like, you know, like, you know, the, the question gets popped like, oh, yeah, I'm engaged. I'm all happy. Like, yeah, you bet. You know what I'm saying? Now comes the whole planning process and we get so wrapped up in the planning process. And even for those who do take the time to go and um, have premarital counseling, like even then, like there's a I think it's important to pick the right marital counselor, too, you know, because there's certain things that may come out in the course of conversation that it's like, OK, well, hey, that part. Um. <laughs> so there is an incident that happened with you when you were 11. I don't even know how to preface this because I feel like it's so much, but I would like for you to talk about like how you felt about that and then explaining it to your, like how you describe in the book, how your parents found out. Um, so the incident that you're referencing is um, I was in just went uh, started middle school and we lived in this apartment building um, and across the hall from our apartment was a family well a mother and her son and her son was in his 20s. I was like 10 turning 11. And um, one day um, after school, we had gotten out half day and of course I had the key I came home he came knocking at the door um and I'd seen him around I knew his name um he didn't seem to be someone that I needed to be concerned about um honestly I can't even remember what the question was or what the need was but like they they would often you know knock on our door for sugar for whatever you know so I just opened the door um he came inside um he started like talking to me And I didn't really understand like why he seemed like he wanted he was so wanting to be comfortable. Right. So usually when he would come in, when my parents would be there, this was the first time I had ever let him in when I was home by myself. Um, But when they would knock and my parents were there, it was quick in and out. You know, on this particular day, he seemed like he just really wanted to get comfortable. And I was sitting there watching, um, I can't remember the name of that network where you could call and play the different um, music videos. The box. Yep. Yeah. The box. I was, I, that was on the screen. And um, I remember, because I remember the song that was playing on the screen, the music video. And um, he like, he just started acting weird. I didn't know what it was, why um, he um, he ended up taking advantage of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was frightened. Um, I had never had sex before. He was stronger. Um, I think I was in a state of shock. Um, mm-hmm. At one point he took and he put his elbow. I remember because my collarbone was really sore after that because I was trying to fight with him, but he was able to get me to be still by applying pressure. And I just remember when it was all said and done, he just kind of looked at me and he was like, and you better shut your mouth about this. You know, like you better not tell anybody. Um. I feel like I laid there for a bit. He just got up and left. Um, Went, got in the shower, scrubbed myself till it felt like my skin was going to bleed. Parents came home. 
didn't really have much to say. Just was, didn't understand what happened. Um, he had known some of the guys that I went to school with, some of the younger guys, because again, he was a lot older. Um, apparently, he bragged to them as though it was consensual. Um, none of them asked, you know, they just assumed that what he said was truth. And so they would taunt me. Um, they would say, you know, he said you were good. Um, can I get some of that kind of stuff? Uh And I wouldn't say anything. I just, I, I became, I'm already an introvert, right? So I don't really talk, Mm -hmm. I don't really have like, I never have had like groups of friends. It was always just me and one other person, if that. And so it just made me even more, you know, to myself. Um, I became, I started to feel like I was dirty. Um, Like I deserved it maybe. Like I started analyzing it in my head. Maybe I gave a signal, you know, like, why did I let him in? You know, uh, I could have fought harder. You know, like I really just started, the self-abuse started. And then I became suicidal. My parents found out because I would toy with the idea of killing myself. And so I had thought about pills. I thought about a knife. I had a knife underneath my bed. And they they said that they thought that my behavior had changed so much. They thought that I must have been on drugs. And Mm -hmm. so they went in my room searching for drugs, but instead they found the knife. And then it was sitting me down, like, what is going on? And not really good at lying, right? So mm-hmm. I shared what happened. So that was a lot. And um, I feel like sorry is such a, so such a small word, but I am so sorry that that happened to you. But I remember reading that and I remember how you said, you know, it was it for me it was this incident happened to you and you you internalized all of this and then when you said like with your parents especially your dad they just thought it was just something just weird about you like they couldn't even it wasn't anything even fathomable to them and it was almost like it just it i i i can't describe just how much i felt for like that girl who went through that during that time. And especially given the fact that you're a beautiful woman. So I can only imagine you as a kid and to be taunted, like you're so dark for a pretty girl. And I'm like, you're not even chocolate. Like I'm more chocolate than you are. So like, where is this even coming from? So like where, so it was to have all of that and then to compound all of that of what you're going through on top of this particular incident. And then, um, I commend your parents for reacting, but not so not reacting because I'm sorry, he just wouldn't have been alive. Like I'm, I'm dead ass. Like it just, you wouldn't have been alive. Like, yeah, I, I understood. Like I can understand why they 
didn't want to go with the pursuing of the charges or anything. And if I'm not mistaken, like you all moved immediately after that. So, I mean, I got, I understood why they did, like they did that part, but yeah, he wouldn't have been alive. Like dead ass dead. Did that incident change your relationship with your parents? It didn't. It didn't. I, I didn't look at it. I looked at it like because they moved us immediately that they saved me from that situation because then I did not have to see those people anymore. And like I could put it in the, I have a really good way of putting things to the back of my heads and almost like forgetting it as best I can. Um, and so out of sight, out of mind for some, to some degree. When you say that though, do you feel like these incidences um, do they come and replay in different ways? Like, so just because, you know, sometimes you can bury it, but not deal with it. And then it will creep its head up. Now, all of a sudden show up in a completely different way. You know, as I wrote that beginning part, and then I've gone back and reread this book so many different times. And each time I read it, <laughs> I'm on this roller coaster of emotions, right? There's still parts in it where I will stop and I will cry and have to put the book down. And so I feel like when I read it, though, and I think about, you know, this piece plus this piece plus this piece, I the fact that I then ended up in an abusive relationship, it just makes sense. Like, because I was going to get to that. Part. Yeah, I, think, I think it all set me up. I had I developed low self-esteem, you know, and I think that those are typically the women that are are easy, easiest preyed on by men that are violent, the ones that are quiet to themselves and seem like they have a really low self-esteem. And I radiated that. So yes, it definitely, it reared its ugly head. I would move to say like it has reared its ugly head for much of my adult years. Like I feel like only up until now, and like I said, this book ended last year, 2022. So like I am beginning this process of forgiving myself for things or accepting like, yeah, that happened, but that doesn't mean that that defines me. So like it definitely reared, it has, it has, it has helped to create the landscape of my past and relationship. It's so much. It's so much. It, it is. And I, and the only reason I said that, and it's, you know, that was the very much of a heavy part. But for me, then when we went later on, when you got into that abusive relationship, I was like, well, all of this plays back because, yeah, it started like back then. And it was, for me, it was just like, okay. So it's like, this was kind of a pattern that was not. Mm-hmm even necessarily recognized until what, probably 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had normalized being hurt, right. Being cheated on, being treated badly. That was normal. So if I did see, you know, positive relationships, healthy relationships to me, that only ha- I didn't see any in real life, but to me, that only ha- happened in the fairy tales or on TV. 
you know, and guys, but like that only happens on TV kind of thing. And so I just, I never aspired to that because that wasn't love in real life because all I knew love was all you saw is what I saw and what I experienced. Right. Right. But you, but you did, you did see it, but you didn't recognize it. And that was to talk about, you know, your your friend that you had was just like, technically he should have been, but you were just like, nah, this is not. Yeah, like, I don't you know. know. Like, yeah. Right. It was just like, because even when you were describing him in the book, I was like, yes, girl, he like loves you. And it was like, you were like, no, he doesn't love me. It's not. And I'm like, no, sis, this is no, It's not supposed to feel like that. So it was, I think it's so much in you know, again, as they say, when we don't process stuff correctly, mm-hmm. things can come to us and we literally will not recognize it because we are so continuing to look in the lenses that of our past. Yeah. I say in the book, I say, um, cause it's spoken words, unspoken lessons in love. So I say lessons learned lessons to be unlearned and still lessons to learn because there were things that I, learned that weren't truth and I accepted them because I thought that they were truth or how it had to be. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Fleming. Go I ahead. Cause I know you had something and you got real quiet. I'm sorry, Fleming. No, it's the, um, I agree with, with Siobhan it, saying the word, sorry that you had to go through that. It, it's, uh, in, in my head, it doesn't. It doesn't really hold any weight. It almost feels like you know when you're sometimes typing and it generates the response, and you just hit the space bar, and the rest of the sentence pops up. Like I feel like that's that's what it is. What I will say though um, is that I'm very proud of you in finding you. Like when we first met, that was the state, and when we talked that night, it was one of them things where I was just like, okay, but who are you though? And what did I say? Do you remember? I can't remember what what she said because, you know, we was a little intoxicated. So, you know, but (laughs) I said, I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And And that was that was I appreciated you being choosing me to be a person to be that transparent with. Um. So to hear you now is me sitting here is honestly saying I'm very proud of you because that shows me that you have in that time frame, you've made strides, you know, to, to, to hear it be spoken as into like, while it is that they may have been experiences, it's not you. Right. You know? Um, and that was one of those things that when we had that conversation at night that I was like, I looked and I worried, I was like, I was like, is she ever going to see her like you know like like yeah we like yeah we go through things but these are the the experiences that we go through they're woven into to the fabric of who we are but it's like that's that's like you know that's like a sliver of the corner of this blanket you know the actual whole entire pattern you know is truly what it is that we have to see and 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 look at you know so um so i'm proud of you you know, um, you. I'm proud of you in taking the time to really choose this method of therapy for yourself. 
you know, um, and even putting it out there. I mean, when I when I was going through, um, so again, just because of course you know you thumb through it, right? That's that's just me. I thumb through it. So when I got to to your chapter, when you were like, you know, the dance with the devil. And I was just like, oh yeah, oh okay. yeah, baby. Like, okay, okay, okay. All right. Like, like there's a, there's a, like you. The reality is, is like you wrote this unapologetically. Oh yeah. Period. You know, and that's oh, yeah. that is, yeah. That's that's like someone doing a circus act with no with with, with no net below, you know, and and it was very scary. I know it was. Like you. Like on the front, I needed to put inspired by real stories because I, I said, I don't know <laughs> if I want everybody to think everything right, happened, right. but everything yeah. happened, you know. But like, yeah, yeah, very scary. And I, I didn't use names. No, right? I love, I love the I nicknames. That, that I love the nicknames. I do love, the, <laughs> I do love the nicknames. Though I absolutely, as a person who gives everybody a nickname, I was like, this is a girl after my own heart. Like even the good ones, you didn't even give them a name. I'm like, absolutely nobody gets a name. But here's the interesting thing, because even while you didn't give a name, Chapter four is the dance of the devil, my daughter's father. You only got one kid. I mean, you had to read the book in order to know that. So exactly. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you only, you know. Like. And look, and that's a story behind that because, like, what two weeks ago, my daughter's father. Because we, I, we still have a relationship. Right. Where, you know, we 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 have a daughter that we share. So if we need to communicate as it relates to her, we do. And so he asked to borrow some luggage. We don't have each other's phone number. We're blocked like we don't communicate. It just it gets it gets messy each time. But on this particular day, he was able to get in touch with me for luggage. So I told him he can come get the luggage. And when he came, I um, he saw that I had the setup with my uh-huh. books. And he said, he wrote a book. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, girl. I'm sorry. I said, uh, I said, yeah. He said, well, oh, okay. Well, look, give me one. I'm, I'll, uh, I'll support uh-uh, you, sir. No, I'll, no you don't I want that. No, 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 no. You don't want that. I said, no. You talk on the trip. Take this luggage and you go have a good time. And he said, no, no, no. Why? Why I can't read the book? And I said, I, I just, I looked at him. I said. You're in the book. He said, oh, I'm in the book. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, you're in the book. He said, oh, I definitely want to read this. He says, you know, I could write a book about you, too. I said, well, you should, you know, like, because I don't even want to engage like you should. And so he gave me the money. Um, He walked on out. And I tell you, within 10 minutes, I got a call to my (laughs) cell phone from a no caller ID. And he was on the other end. And he was like, like yelling and screaming, he had already found his chapter. So I said, "So you?" I said, "Oh, so you're sitting on the side of the road reading the book? I'm not doing this with you right now. I'm not doing this with you." But but the thing about it is, he wanted to argue with me because he said when when uh, Night and Shining Armor, I almost said his name, when Night and Shining Armor ran into the apartment building, he didn't come back out with a gun. And I said he did come back out with a gun. But out of everything that you read, that's the part you read. Like you skipped all the other stuff. So it was a couple that happened sir way before then and that is what no. she, that is okay yeah no. 
He was like, oh, you, could you, you know he ain't had no gun. I said, you Look, know. Let me explain, let, let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. As long as you, you, you can go ahead and say whatever you need to say, as long as you spell my name right, okay? Because that's the piece I'm going to get mad about. Like, hey, you, you put an extra M in there. That don't belong there. All the rest of that stuff is, I mean, that's, that's your perception. You know, that's your perception, your point of view. I can sit there and be like, hey, I, you know, I don't remember some of the things, but given what I know as far as you all's pass if at this point it was just a phone call I'm good with that <laughs> oh listen I haven't heard anything else I have not heard anything else right. back from him but if you if you read that chapter and you see how it mm-hmm. ended that's all it would right. ever be right mm-hmm. yeah like the way that he learned or taught me to eventually get mm-hmm. to be yeah yeah it was, it's not oh, going yeah. yeah. to get you know that's just yeah. uh yeah oof Mm. He's created a mm. different, different, you know. It's yeah, he's created a whole different kind of crazy in me now. So you know, okay, okay, okay. There. Yeah. From the lens of and 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 let me like let, let me not say that like you know at some point in my relationship with him I got so strong and so therefore I didn't put up with any more shit. That's not mm. the case because I put up with shit but not anybody putting their hands right. on me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had I had created that piece. Like, that's no... no that's not negotiable. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. not... Yeah, no, you're not going to put right. your hands on me. But then I allowed the abuse a right. different way. And, I, and hence the whole not recognizing certain patterns. Because, again... While you're very, while you can be very much adamant about, oh no, you're not going to do A, B, and C. Like, okay, fine, mm-hmm. you don't do A, B, and C, but your um, X, Y, Z, huh, throws A, B, C totally out the window because then it's just you because you get so focused on not repeating this pattern that you don't understand or you don't recognize the other ones that you're you're you know you're allowing to creep in. Yeah, because the the physical abuse was so extreme, even when the guys would break my heart and I would cry, in my mind I would say, Well, at least I don't have a black eye. At least I don't have a you know, I don't I don't have a a physical scar, like as if the emotional scar is anything I guess I, and I will say that for me it became about the emotional scar was that was okay to deal with. It was the physical one because I had to be in front of people. That was the one I couldn't explain. So I can't do that anymore. But it was like the emotional one, like, yeah, but it, uh, but it was coming out because it's like, I'm crying so hard that I'm busting blood vessel in my eyes. Like what? What Mm -hmm. sense does that like? Or chest pains, anxiety on anxiety medication, like all of the things. All of the things. Whew. Baby. Talk about healing. For anybody that's listening to this that's in a um, in a situation, oftentimes it's like... You're, you're isolated. Like they, they tra- it's like they train you. They groom you. Right? Isolate you. I remember being isolated from my family. And then, of course, if I had scars, I wouldn't go around my family. And so you then begin to feel like that's he's all that I had. You know, he's tracking me down. He's, you know, tracker on my car, you know, all kinds of things. Like, so like he is like, you know, big, the person that, big brother. you know, that's big brother. Big, big brother, brother. Mm-hmm. big brother, big brother. And so the women, you know, like we, 
they may want to leave, but sometimes it feels like can't. Can you can't. You can't. And can you survive? And, you know, like, and who's going to be the consistent? Because even that person, even though that person is being abusive, they're, they're consistent. consistent. And for a lot of people, it's that consistency that they need, that that's what they crave. So it's just like, yes, I'm in this abusive thing. Yes, I am. You know, this is all types of crazy, but it is consistent. This is the one consistent yeah. thing in my life. It was dysfunctional consistency, right? So I knew that at some point I might say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing that's going to anger him, but he's going to, he's going to apologize. I'm going to get me a nice purse, you know, some designer bag or something, you know, like I'm out the the car, you know, will go down and I'll still have my man, you know, because many of us don't want to be single, Right. We feel like we have to have a boyfriend. Most of my married friends don't even use their husband's name. They just say my husband. Um, that's another thing. But um, so I found myself just wanting that consistency, even though it was dysfunctional. Right. And I thought he was gorgeous. But also realizing that that is also what you saw growing up with your mm-hmm. like again, and I don't, I really, and I told, I remember telling my parents this, I told them because we were having a conversation about something one day. And I said, I don't think you all realize how much your relationship has affected us. I don't think you all realize how much we technically saw. Like I, I tell, I say it all the time that we grew up together. I grew up with my parents. They were young when they had us. Yeah. Yes, my parents are still together, but they had a very tumultuous relationship. And so in trying to, I knew like, I'll see that. I'm like, that is not what I want. Only for me to realize that everything that I quote unquote didn't want, I ended up doing. So that was, again, that's the whole pattern of understanding like, yeah, this is, you know, I see this, you know, at least I'm not, as you said, you know, I'm not crying. I got a bag, you know, I can put on a little makeup and, you know, I can cover that. So it's okay. But it's just like the person that I'm supposed to be taking care of me, I'm killing her. So yeah, who is this? But yeah, so we did all of that. So now where do you feel like you're at now in this journey? I am single. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? Have, let me ask you this question. So, because you and Flemming were talking about, who are you now? Because you didn't know when you all met, you didn't know who you were. So who are you now? Honestly, I'm still figuring that out. Like I said, I never want to send the message like I have arrived. I am here. You can learn from me, you know, kind of thing. Like I've seen like some motivational speakers that like want to give me advice on how to do things. And the reality is that, yeah, we all we everybody has their own bottom. Right. So what my bottom might be where I'm done and I'm out might be different than somebody else's bottom. So you really can't tell me how to respond or what to do in a situation. I just have to live it and experience it. So like, like I said, like I'm used to being in relationships for most of my life. I've been in toxic, abusive relationships. I was a relationship junkie. Like if it felt good, it felt kept. Right. I didn't like being alone because I didn't like myself. And so 
I'm learning to like myself. I'm learning to love myself now. And so I'm at that place. Like right now, I'm intentionally pouring into myself. I'm doing the things that I like to do. I am taking good care of myself. I'm being selfish when it comes to me. So like I am that person now where I am refusing to allow myself to continue to abuse myself for my past. Yeah. So I'm forgiving myself and I'm just still learning and unlearning and still ready to learn even more. Like I'm, I'm wanting to grow myself into continuing to be a better person. I love it. (laughs) Yes. But you're more aware. I'm more aware. And I think maybe a, a bad thing about it that some might say is like, I'm a bit closed off. Right. So I said to somebody that, you know, this, you know, cause I've, a lot of guys have had some interest in me recently and I don't really open up because I don't really trust it. Like right now, I feel like I don't, I don't have the space for it right now. I'm the priority for the first time in my life. And so I say, I hope Mr. Wright doesn't come. I hope I don't meet him right now because he's not really going to have a chance because I don't, I'm not in that space like, I feel like I have to, I owe it to myself to get comfortable with myself. So like my daughter is 20. She moved out a year ago. I cannot tell you how difficult that was being in this house in the silence, right? It was like the silence was deafening, right? I couldn't stand the silence. Now, when I come home, sometimes I don't even turn on the TV. Like sometimes I'll turn on the music on my phone, Alexa, you know, and I'll just walk around the house. I might stop. I might, you know, I'll just, I'm absorbing me. I'll dance in the mirror. I'll try on some different clothes, you know, do my hair a different way. Like I enjoy me. And oftentimes in the evening, I'm not even talking to anybody on the phone. So guys might say like, you know, that you're so inconsistent. I am. I'm very inconsistent. <laughs> so like if you're looking for somebody that's going to match your energy, I can't give it to you right now. So I don't know if it's good or bad, but like right now I'm being selfish with me. Like, I don't know if I can give you time with me because I'm giving me time with me. As you should. Hopefully that will help me to be able to answer that question a little bit better. You know, who am I? Hey now. So I take that as an indication that you plan on coming back to the show at some point to answer that question. So cool. So we'll do that. We'll schedule that check in for season five and see where you at, you know, and uh, go from there. Uh, But no, that is that is that's a beautiful thing, because I I think that um, you do have to be ready, you know, for whatever it is that 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 is to come your way. And I mean, for the most part, God knows what are you doing and whatnot. He ain't going to send Mr. Right your way until, until you are ready. It's the right time. You know, yeah. and that's the, and that's, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, so, so cool. I appreciate that answer. So Dr. Seft, so in this book being your therapy, what has your relationship been like with your parents and then what has your relationship been like with your daughter? Um, so I'll start with my daughter first. Okay. Um, so having reread this book, what it helped me to realize is that I have not, as a mother, been the best role model to my daughter. 
because I have not shown her to love yourself and to not allow yourself to be in those different situations because my daughter saw that for all of those years. Like at my book release party, she was she does photography and videography and she she was there recording the um, book release. And when I was on stage speaking, I made it a point to apologize to her publicly for not being that role model to show her that you're supposed to love yourself first. And that oftentimes I was so busy chasing love that she wasn't first. Um, She appreciated me saying that. I don't think she would have ever like said that to me. But she just kind of shook her head and she came and she gave me a hug. And I just told her that I love her. And like, you know, from here on out, I'm going to do a better job of being just a better role model as a parent. You know, I want her to put herself first and to love herself and all those kinds of things. Then I got to demonstrate that, too. You know, and I don't want her to allow people to walk all over top of her and hurt her and things like that. And so I need to show her that you can walk away if if that person is not treating you well versus staying and thinking that the person is going to change. Um, as far as my mom and my dad, um, so before I published it, I shared chapter one and the introduction with my mom and dad because that's when they're referenced. So the whole book is not about them, right? So I don't even want viewers to think that this whole book is about trauma and such. Like That's just like the, uh, maybe like a fifth or six of the book. The rest of it is relationships, is racy, is good, is a lot, you know, kind of thing. But I shared with them the first two chapters um, just because, you know, I didn't want it to be a shocker. Um, and my dad was not pleased. Um, he was pissed. Um, he felt like I was blaming him for my failed relationships. Um my mom, she didn't seem to feel away necessarily, but she felt a way that my dad felt away. Mm-hmm. And so like when it came time for my, so, so I took chapter one and two back. I tried to make it not as hard hitting. And so I reworded it and then I sent it back to them and they said it was better. Now, I don't know if they thought, I would make additional changes or take that part out. I don't know, but I still move forward with the book. And even down to the book signing um, party, like I was so excited. It was a big, big deal for me. And I remember going to my mom and dad's house. It was right before, it was the day or two days after Thanksgiving. And I was there at Thanksgiving and I was like, okay, so I'll see y'all at the book release party. And my dad said, "Um, I'm not coming. And I said, well, why? And he said, because um, because I have a choice and I'm going to the casino. And I said, oh, okay." And so I was like, well, mom, will I see you there? And she said, yep, I'll be there. So I said, "Okay." And on the day of the book release, I remember um, I had talked to my mom the day before. So that Friday, the book release was on Saturday. And she was like, I'm going to bring your aunt. She's going to ride with me, you know, kind of thing. So I had my list. I knew the people that were coming. I was excited about it. Not only was I going to be um, 
apologizing to my mother, I mean, to my daughter, but I also planned to say something to my mom. Um, and so I remember um, the time going by and me looking at the door um, and her never coming. And I remember checking my phone, looking at like, you know, like, are they safe? You know, because my mom couldn't possibly be standing me up on my book release. And she didn't come. Um, I text her, called her that night. She didn't answer. Um, the next day she sent me a text message and she pretty much said that she was sorry for not coming, but um, rereading the book put her in a bad headspace, um, reminding her of the hurt that she had endured back then. And while this book may have been a healing journey for me, um, like she said, it, it, it kind of brought back some ill feelings for her and caused some kind of static between her and my dad. How did that make you feel? I was angry, actually. Um, I said, you know, I feel like that's very selfish. Like I didn't choose to be born into a situation where I had to watch you endure what you endured. And I didn't choose as a child for you to stay in that situation. Like you chose to stay in that situation. And so why are you mad? Because I saw you stay in that situation. I spoke my truth. I developed my perception of what love looks like and what it what it's supposed to look like, I guess, because I thought my dad still loved my mom no matter what. And it influenced me. So you're upset because I spoke my authentic truth. And I said, you know, the piece about you and my dad, that's like maybe two pages, three pages out of 245. Like, what about the rest? Did anything else resonate with you? You know, like, is this just about you? And so it made me pretty angry. And I said, you know, no matter what my daughter does to me, I'm celebrating her every time. I'm never going to no show for her ever. And it kind of made me feel like she chose my dad over me because he felt the way. Like he felt the way because he thought I was blaming him. And I think she felt the way because she felt, I don't know, maybe because she stayed I haven't talked to them since. You haven't talked since. to them since? I haven't talked to either one of them since. When I went to a marriage retreat, um, one of the questions that was asked, it was um, if, and it was the, the, the keynote was speaking to to the crowd, and he was like, this question is strictly for, for the ladies in the house. Um, he said, but if you're in a raft, your husband's over here, your child is over here, who are you going to go and save? And he said, and he said, well, he said, now, before any of y'all answer, he said, I know what, what majority of y'all are going to say. He said, but I just want to see if I'm right in my assumption. And everyone, the ladies that did speak, they said, oh, well, no, I'm saving my child. I'm saving my child. Everybody said they're saving their child, you know, for the most part. And he sat there and he looked and he said, yep. That's what I figured. He said, the reality is, is that, is that, and I say this not to justify your mother's actions, but just to give insight on probably on where her thought process is. At the end of the day, you've gone on. You have your life. At the end of the day, it's still your mom and your dad. Like you said, they're still together. 
So the choices that, that she's going to make, which as a wife, that's what she's supposed to make. It may seem harmful in that moment, but that's the choice that she made because she stood by her man. In spite of what it is that there might might have been your moment, it's still their lifetime. You know, and because that whatever the parts that we don't see, right, the parts that we don't see is whatever it is that they may have gone through while you were no longer at the house that they went through to get to where they're at. So you writing what it is that you wrote challenges that process that they had to go through for themselves and their relationship, just like your process. You've gone through your process, right? And like you said, you this is this is you loving you. And as you stated earlier, you know, your bottom may not be the next person's bottom. So as much as we have to, as much as we want people to respect our bottoms, we then also have to be respectful as much as it may, as much as, much as we may be pissed about it. And trust me, I totally understand because my mother didn't, my mother didn't show up to, to my wedding. You know, um, my mother was very adamant about the fact that she was not going to be in attendance. So in making that, that choice is as, as much as it hurts and as much as I can look back at the photos from the wedding day, I recognize that I'm not smiling as big as I would have been because she wasn't there, you know, but I still had to enjoy my day, you know? So I would say that you're still enjoying your book. You're still enjoying the reception of your book. At some point in time, your parents will come, they'll, they'll, they'll go through their process and it'll come full circle, you know, and That'll be it. I definitely I understand what you just said, but I won't say that it was easy to hear I'm sure. or like I hear what you're yeah. saying, but it's yeah. yeah. I mean it's not and unfortunate. It's, truth is truth isn't always easy. You know, mm-hmm. truth isn't always always pleasurable. Um and I I miss them, you know. I, know. I I'm stubborn, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, she has texted me. Um they both have texted me to say like, you know, how long are you going to be mad with us? Um you know, this is too much, especially around Christmas. And I texted and I said, "Merry Christmas," but like I am just still yeah, cuz now you're going through your process. I know I need to be you don't have yeah, to judge no, me. No, no, you no, 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 there's no judgment. <laughs> I know I'm not doing right. There is I, no judgment. There's no judgment. We don't we don't judge here. Mm-hmm. You know, your process is your process. Right. And yeah. You have to like in understanding anytime somebody is healing or going through whatever, I can't rush you in your process. Like I can't and especially it's your parents. So, you know, it's an array of emotions. It is all type of stuff at all different times. So you got to take that like you take breathing one moment at a time. And it is what it is. Again, I think a lot of times is you don't have the answer. But as long as I'm willing to show up, that's always like the first part is like you got to be willing to show up. I won't lie. At some points of this, I've thought maybe I shouldn't. 
have written it, you know? So to that, to oh. that, right? To that. As a parent, how many times has there been something that's transpired between you and your daughter and it makes you question how good of a parent that you were? Plenty. That book, whether it, whether it was a paragraph to three to, to three paragraphs to, to a whole chapter, it put your parents in a state to where they questioned their parenting. It puts it's it's you put that mirror right there to where now I have to really look at at the areas where I fucked up at. Because in essence, that's what this that's that's what you wrote is telling me that in this area I fucked up when in my in my head this whole entire time, I thought I was good. You know? And 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 still I accept that yeah. though. But that's not what I got. That like I if my dad would have said, you know, I I don't really like that it's in there, but what it showed me was that maybe I should have ABC. Mm-hmm. If he had owned a piece of it, we would be okay now. But there has been no ownership of any of it. It's hard. It's hard like, to I don't, it's hard. It's like it's hard. It's hard. Especially especially yeah. for that generation. Like like even mm-hmm. Even for even for me and my parents, like there, there's been times where I've expressed things and it's been met with, well, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. OK, so me so me mm-hmm. taking the time and really being transparent with you and saying like, hey, this was a this this hurt me or this bothered me is not more important than you just being like, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's, that's just how I am. You know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're okay with, because you've created this narrative as the parent, you've created this narrative for for yourself that this is, this is who who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you want me to accept it. And in accepting that, that means that in me accepting that, that means that you have to accept that I wrote this book and this is what I put in there. You know, mm-hmm. so. But I'll yeah. in life in life for the balance out. You know, in life for the balance out, and you know. But hey, at least y'all texting. You know, at least it's not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not this like, month, but I mean, last right? Week, but so. but at least at yeah. least there's been some level of communication since then, and and honestly, that's that's you know that's better than nothing. You know. It's better than nothing. So, I agree. But I could not have it like it laid the foundation. So it it had to be a part of it. And I get it. It's hard to swallow. It's hard for me to swallow the pieces that I allowed my daughter to see. But I did. So I think as parents, we just have to we have to own our shit. We do. We do. I told my son point blank. I said, you know, I said when you. You know, because he asked me one day, he said, well, how come you and mom never worked out? You know, and while it is that I knew that question was coming, I was not prepared for when the day when it was asked, you know. And I just had to tell him, I was just like, well, 
when you get to a point of where it is that I think that you understand what it is to truly love somebody, you know, and what it means to not be in love with somebody, um, then we can have that conversation. I said, I'm not, I'm not afraid to have it with you. I'll be more than transparent with you about it. You know, um, I'm always going to have a, have an appreciation and a love for your mom, you know, because she gave me you. But I can honestly admit to the fact that we weren't in love. We found we found love and it exists in 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 you. And that's where that's where we poured it. So we're going to wrap this thing up. <laughs> Final words. Come on. We're going we're gonna to Jerry Sprinkle this thing. Well, um, I just would say that this book um, is not a I want to say it's not a male bashing book. OK, um, it is about relationships. So I feel like a lot of my the people that have purchased it are men, actually, and they reflect on it as it relates to their relationships and such. So I would say the book is for both women and men. Um, it's real. It's raw. Um, it's authentic. Um, and like, hopefully people that choose to read the book um, can make some connections to it Um and will join me on this journey because at some point in all of our lives, we've ignored the red flags and we've done things that we probably shouldn't have done Ooh. and allowed things that we probably shouldn't have allowed. And so um, bottom line is I would just say, forgive yourself. You can't go back and change it. Um, and so you have to live with you. You have to love you. And um yeah, like just 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 forgive yourself and just continue to be better to yourself and hold other people accountable for being better to you as well. And so um, the book is available on Amazon, um, Spoken Words Unspoken, Lessons in Love. Um, you can either buy it on Amazon or you can get it from off of my website, which is www.savagesessions.org. Um I'm on Instagram as well as on Facebook as Savage Sessions. And so I'm just hoping that um, people will give it a shot. Um, I love authentic reviews. I've got some really good reviews. And so I would say check it out and let me know what you think. Cool. Cool. All right, Flippin. I know. You'll go. Mm-mm, you'll go. I will literally repeat what Dr. Savage said. Like, you have to forgive yourself. And then not only do you have to forgive yourself, you also have to learn your patterns and then also unlearn your pattern. And in doing that, you will, I believe that you will learn to become the better you that you want. Yeah. And this book definitely kind of opened my eyes to some of that. So yeah. Thank you, girl. You're welcome. Go ahead. You got something brewing. You got something brewing. Come no, on. Um, first off, thank you for coming on to the show. Um, thank you for sharing you with us. Um, thank you for being as transparent as you were, you know, and I hope that you continue to be that. Final thought. Identify what love is for you. You know, identify what that is. And then ask yourself, are you getting that? Are you getting that from you? Are you getting that from the person you're with? Are you getting that from the people you're around? Are you getting that from your family? 
starts with identifying what love truly is for you. Um, and it doesn't mean that you'll figure it out today, tomorrow, next week, but at least start the journey toward figuring out what it is for you. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Father Should Pod. You can also visit our website at www.fathershould.org. 